Yes, people, yes, people, yes, people. Welcome back to another episode of the We Talk Football podcast. Um, you're here with Kwaku. Um, obviously, as you can see and as you can hear, I'm riding this one solo. Unfortunately, because of technological and logistical issues, my brother Jamie couldn't record this uh, podcast episode with himself. Um, but don't worry, we'll be back with episode six next week, uh, both of us. Um, so in honour of Jamie, we're going to call this one episode 5.5. It's going to be a bit more truncated, a bit more streamlined, a bit more coherent. Um, this week, we talk Premier League fixtures, uh, including that huge Merseyside derby coming up on Saturday between Everton and Liverpool and We Talk Fantasy Football on the We Talk Football podcast. Yes, yes. So I think the perfect place to start would be that Merseyside derby on uh, Saturday early afternoon. Um, Everton versus Liverpool at Goodson Park. Um, ordinarily, Liverpool will be going into this game's heavy favourites as they have done for the last however many Merseyside derbies. But, don't know, things are a bit different this season. Um, Everton have looked really, really good if you go through their uh, initial fixtures of the season. Beat Spurs convincingly on, for, on the first day of the season, 1-0. Slapped up West Brom, beat Palace, and then before the international break, beat Bre- uh, Brighton 4-2. Um, if we look at Liverpool's fixtures, first game of the season, that thriller against Leeds, 4-3. Um, beat Chelsea convincingly 2-0, but don't get too gassed, Liverpool fans. We were down to 10 men in the second half and did miss a penalty. Um, and then against Arsenal, one of the most dominant performances I've seen from this Liverpool team in terms of everything working, the pressing, the passing, um, everything seems to be ticking. Although they did give um, Arsenal a few chances, Liverpool looked absolutely supreme. And then before the international break, the, the result that shocked the Premier League, the 7-2 defeat at the hands of Aston Villa. Um, Ollie Watkins having an absolute field day. Absolute field day. A first half hat trick. Could have had more. Jackie Grealish looking like the best player in the Premier League. Ross Barkley looking like he's, uh, he's found a second wind. And yeah, that was, um, that sent, um, ripples around the Premier League in terms of, is this the norm? Is this going to be the new norm for Liverpool or is this just an anomaly? Um, personally, I think it's going to be a bit of an anomaly, but we might see them a bit more defensively fragile, especially as Allison's out for the next however many weeks. Um, Alisson, um, Alisson, Adrian, a little bit less adept at coming off his line. Liverpool playing that high line. There's a lot of space between the, uh, between the defence and the goalkeeper. Um, and explosive attacking players will be able to exploit that. So we'll be able to see, um, this weekend with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ricardson up top for, uh, for Everton, if that back line will be exposed again in terms of that high line. Um, I am, I am predicting goals in this game. Um, my boy Calvin Lewin. Um, I'm sure you've all seen seen my hot takes on Calvin Lewin pre-season. Um, I'm on the bandwagon. I I I rate him. He scored a goal for England um, uh, during the international break, and I I do see him scoring a goal against Liverpool this weekend. I've got it down as two all. Um, I feel like the attackers going to come up on top. I don't I don't see there being any clean sheets for any of these teams. So yeah, two all Everton. Two um, yeah, two all Everton Liverpool this game. The next game we're going to look at, we're not going to look at all the games, we're just going to look at the, the key fixtures this weekend. But um, the next game I want to look at is the Chelsea versus Southampton at Stamford Bridge. Um, Chelsea have had a bit of an indifferent start to the season, um, been a bit up and down, started the season well uh, with a 3-1 victory against uh, against Brighton. And then we had that wobble um, kind of in between, in between those two victories. We... Uh, Got asked to hand to us by Liverpool, as expected, or as to be expected. Um, 
But Christensen did get sent off in that game and Jorginho did miss a penalty, something that he doesn't ever do. Um, and then the absolute thriller against West Brom, 3-0 down at halftime. I'm seeing online calls for Lampard out, people saying he's in over his head. And then in the second half, the, uh, the Cobham Cubs, as I like to call them, came to, uh, came to Lampard's rescue, made him out with a stunner. Um, you saw Callum Hudson Doyle link up well with Kai Havertz and then Tammy Abraham with the last minute, uh, equalizer. So, they came to Lampard's rescue that day and then we followed that up with a convincing 4-0 victory against Crystal Palace. Um, a game where Chelsea illustrated a strong defensive line. Thiago Silva next to uh, Kurt Zuma looks like a strong defensive partnership. Um, ben Chilwell had, uh, had an incredible game. Got a goal, got an assist, um, was man in the match. And yeah, Chelsea looked, overall defensively looked good in that game. Again, going forward, um, I think we flattered to deceive a little bit. Timo Werner's not firing on all cylinders yet. Kai Havertz looks good. Um, but again, we haven't seen the best of him. Um, both we look at the opponents, uh, Chelsea facing. Again, Southampton have had a mixed, mixed start to the season. Um, obviously started off the season against Palace and then lost. Um, lost quite heavily to Spurs 5-2. Obviously the, the Harry Kane and Son Clinic. Um, and then last two, last two games before the international break, put together, um, put together a decent little run. They, uh, beat Burnley 1-0 and then beat West Brom 2-0. So this is the Southampton team that at the beginning of the season I predicted to do quite well. Um, Hassan Hutu, I believe, is a good manager. Danny Ings is going to score you goals. Um, although they lost their one of their best midfielders in Troyberg, I, I do believe that, uh, Southampton are going to be, are going to be a team that's going to be around the table this season, uh, maybe lower half of the mid table. Um, but I can't see anything more than a Chelsea victory in this game, um, or anything less than a Chelsea victory. I feel like we're going to start now post lockdown. We're going to start seeing the attacking patterns being put together for Chelsea, whether that be with Pudisic, whether that be with Ziyech, whether that be with Havertz, whether that be with Werner. Um, these players are now fit, um, now had some time to ingratiate themselves with each other. Uh, and I feel like we're going to see the best of Chelsea post lockdown. Um, I'm going for a 2-0 Chelsea win in this game. Um, uh, again, Lampard said in his press conference that Thiago Silva might not be fit for this game. He's, uh, he's arrived back from, uh, international duty in, uh, in jaded shape. So we'll see if he does start this game. But regardless of that, or I think Chelsea have got the ability to, uh, to eke out, eke out, um, a positive result and 2-0, I think it's a fair result. I feel like, our defensive, our defensive line are starting, that, starting to now understand each other. Although Mendy might be out for this game, which could be a, could be a problem with Kepa looking to slot back into that position. But again, I think Chelsea, I think Chelsea are more than capable of uh, eking out a good result against Southampton team, who are, like I say, are decent. But um, Chelsea should be favourites. So two 0 Chelsea this game. That's my prediction for that. Saturday is just literally rammed with incredible fixtures. Um, the next fixture is the Man City Arsenal game. Again, City have had an indifferent start to the season. Defence is looking, um, is looking kind of jaded. It's not looking up to scratch. Obviously, there's been that Vincent Company space void for a year and a half now, but they don't look like they've got it together. Leeds obviously gave them an incredible game. It was, if it wasn't for the other results that weekend, it would have been, uh, would have been game of the weekend, but, um, yeah, uh, and, and Arsenal looking very, very good this season. Arsenal are my dark horses. Um, I think they've, they've made some incredible signings. Obviously, Party is an incredible signing. Gabriel, I think, is a very, very good signing. Getting, um, a Batman to sign that contract's incredible. Obviously, Leno at back end of last season wasn't fit, but now he's back. So Arsenal have got a very, very strong spine. 
Um, and I feel like that's the foundation for any successful Premier League, um, Premier League team is that, is that, that strong core, um, that dependable core. Um, I think Tierney is a doubt for the game because of COVID related issues. Um, but again, we, uh, we have to, uh, we have to see what happens come kickoff. In this game, I'm going for an Arsenal win. I think De Bruyne's missing for, uh, Man City. Um, not too sure if Jesus is back yet. They've struggled to kind of find their rhythm, City. Um, Pep Guardiola came out the other day and said that, um, the, the, the space or the void that, uh, David Silva's left is definitely a difficult one to fill. And although Phil Foden is having a decent start to the season, I just feel like, Arsenal go into this one with a little bit of momentum, that 2-1 victory um, against Sheffield United before the international break. Saka scoring, Saka getting selected for um, selected for England. There's a lot of goodwill around Arteta. Arsenal seem to have got their ducks in, row, ducks in order or ducks in a row, or I don't even know if that's a phrase. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Arsenal, Arsenal are going to win this one. I'm going for a 2-1 Arsenal win, even though they are away from home. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with that uh, with that game. Then the last fixture on Saturday is Newcastle versus Manchester United. This is going to be maybe not the game of the weekend, but the most interesting game of the weekend in terms of the ramifications if Manchester United lose. So this whole international break, the Man United spin kind of media has been out in full force. Bruno doesn't get on a volley. Pogba saying he wants to pay a play for Real Madrid. Um... I feel, I feel like a lot of those stories are fabricated just kind of to kind of make up for the incompetency of, uh, Manchester United in the transfer window, missing out on Jaden Sancho, missing out on a, on a key centre back. Um, but I do think Oli's in trouble if he doesn't win this game against Newcastle. Um, they struggled at the beginning of the season. Obviously they, they lost to, who did they play first game? They lost to Palace. Um, then they squeeze past where um, Brighton, Bruno scoring that penalty in the in the hundredth minute after the full time whistle, and then they got absolutely demolished by Spurs. So this it's not do or die for Oli yet because I don't think they're going to get rid of him after this game. But if they continue to have um, this kind of run of results. I feel like he's going to be in trouble and his days are going to be numbered. They might be numbered anyway. Obviously, there's, there's massive talks of Poch coming in. I don't think he's going to be someone to solve their issues, but the board are kind of trying to cover their own asses by by failing to sign Jaden Sancho and other transfer targets. And I feel like for Oli's going to be the full guy in the situation. Um, in terms of Newcastle, a solid start to the season, to be fair. Um, a 2-0 win against West Ham. Um then three in a loss against Brighton. Brighton do look good this season, so that can be excused. Um, a one all draw against Spurs, uh, and arguably fortunate to get that result. It wasn't a handball from Eric Dyer. Uh, and then a comfortable three win, a three one win against Burnley. So it's been as you expect from Newcastle. There's some up and down results, but I feel like they're well placed to stay in the division this year. Um, Callum Wilson's going to score them goals. Um, and they might be coming up against a Manchester United team at at the best kind of time. Harry Maguire is looking fragile at the moment, whether it's what happened in Greece at the beginning of the season that's affecting him or if he's just he's just suffering a dip in form. He just doesn't look at it. He doesn't look like the £18 million um, centre-back they signed last summer. So it remains to be seen with United. It's a difficult one to predict. I'm going to go... With a 2-1 Manchester United win. I feel like with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he has got that resilience. Like, he, he, when his back's against the wall, 
he always seems to pull out these big results. Last season, he pulled out big results against big teams at crucial times where he thought it was going to be Oli out, Oli out, Oli out. Then he pulls out a result, pulls out a string of results and he saves his own ass. So I'm, um, I'm going for a 2-1 Manchester United win, not with any confidence at all because their last showing against Tottenham was absolutely abysmal. Um, but I do feel like they're going to rally together and, uh, and get a victory in this game against Newcastle at St. James's Park. So other key fixtures to uh, to look at, if you look at Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff, we've got Sheffield United versus Fulham. Um, it's on BT box office. That's one thing I do want to, uh, that's one thing I do want to touch on. Pay-per-view for Premier League games. I remember back in the day, like, like Prem Plus, no one was getting Prem Plus. What? So I pay my Sky subscription or I pay my BT subscription and I'm still going to, what, have to pay £15 to watch my team play. Like, I'm not out here pleading poverty as a Chelsea fan. I understand I'm in a very privileged position. My team is either in one of those allocated TV spots, whether it be 12.30 on Saturday, um, 5.30 on Saturday, or Monday Night Football, or one of the one of the games in the afternoon on Sunday. My team is ordinary on TV, so I'm not streaming that much. But say you're Sheffield United or you're a Fulham fan, and you know that unless you're playing against one of the big teams, you're not going to be... On one of those, in the one of those allocated TV slots. So you're going to have to be paying £15 to watch your team every single time. And say you're one of those fans that bought a season ticket pre-season and you're going to have to pay £15 to watch your team every time. They're having a laugh. That one of the most tone deaf things I've seen from the Premier League, from BT, from Sky is an absolute disgrace. I'm not going to go on too much about it, but to ask fans in the midst of a pandemic to fork out 15 quid every time they want to watch their team play. You are having a laugh. Big up all the streaming sites out there that are going to try and get the games out there for free. I know for a fact I'm not paying. I think Chelsea playing, yeah, Chelsea playing Southampton on BT Sport box office on Saturday. I ain't paying that. I'm not paying £15 to watch my team play. I'm going to have five different tabs open. I'm going to have five different streaming sites. I'm going to see which one works. Like I'll deal with the buffering. I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying to to watch my team play because I already pay a Sky subscription. I already pay a BT Sports subscription. I'm not doing it. It's just not happening. Absolute disgrace. But yeah, Sheffield United versus Fulham. This is a six-pointer already. These are two teams that haven't picked up a single point this season. Um, the manager that loses this game is going to be in trouble. I think that Sheffield United are going to have more perseverance with Chris Wilder just because of how well... He's performed the last two seasons in terms of taking Sheffield United up and also their their outstanding performance in the Premier League last season. But if Scott Parker loses this game, his job at Fulham is in, is in trouble. I feel like he's in he's in deep trouble. He's going to be top of like the list for um for the Premier League manager sack race. I feel like he needs a win in this game, or he needs to at least get a point. This is at Bramall Lane, so it's going to be difficult for Fulham. Um, score prediction for that one. I'm going 1-1. I'm going 1-1. I like both teams. Um, I don't want to see any of those managers go. I feel like they are, they're good managers, but the Premier League is tough. Like from, from positions one to maybe 12, those are all teams that can make major investments. Um, and Fulham and Fulham and Sheffield United kind of fall in like the lower echelon of the Premier League, like Premier League teams in terms of spending, in terms of investment. Um, and yeah, they're two teams that could be in trouble this season, so they don't, uh, don't turn their form around pretty quickly. Um, other standout fixtures. So, well, we've got like the oddest derby um, in in football. We've got Palace versus Brighton. Like going or living in Brighton for three or four years, um, 
yeah, their biggest rivals are Crystal Palace, which I don't really understand because, like, in terms of geography, there are teams that are much closer. But yeah, they've got a, they've got a heated rivalry. That's the Glen Murray, um, Glen Murray derby. Uh, Palace looked really good this season. They did they did look like a blunt object against Chelsea um, just before the pre uh, just before the international break. Um, but they look good going forward. Eze obviously looks like a baller. Zaha is is a baller. Brighton also looked good. Brighton did give a give Chelsea a good game in the first game of the season. Um, they smashed Newcastle as well. Uh, Lamptey's an early candidate for a PFA Young Player of the Year. So that that should be a good game. That should be um, a stand up. All the games to be fair this weekend are uh, are good games. So Palace Palace versus Brighton. This is a pie in the sky kind of prediction. I'm gonna go two one two one uh, Palace. Don't ask me why. Um, they're following that. 4.30s on Sky Sports. Um, Spurs versus West Ham. Always fun. Always, always, always a fun fixture. Um, Spurs are looking very, very good. Jose said in his, uh, his press conference on Friday that Gareth Bale could be fit to play. So it'll be exciting to see Gareth Bale in, uh, in the Spurs shirt again from, uh, from a football fan's point of view, obviously from Chelsea's fan's point of view, I don't want to see Gareth Bale do well, but from, from somebody who remembers Gareth Bale fondly in the Premier League doing the madness for Spurs back in the day, it will be good to see him play and be, uh, be happy playing football again. Um, I'm sure West Ham fans aren't, aren't, aren't really sharing that kind of emotion myself. Um, just because Gareth Bale has put on clinics against West Ham. I think it was the season before he went, he went to Madrid. Put an absolute clinic and scored. I think it was a last minute worldie at Upton Park. Um, yeah, I feel like this game go, could go either way. To be fair, so, like West Ham have looked decent. Jared Bowen, shout out to Jamie, uh, your guy Jared Bowen has been looking decent. Antonio has been looking decent. Um, Declan Rice has been looking very, very good as well. But I think it's going. I think Spurs are just going to have too much. Harry Kane, Son, if Bale plays. They're going to have too much firepower, and I'm going for a for a four-one uh, Tottenham win. But again, the Premier League is just one of these one of these leagues, especially this year, where it could go either way. If if West Ham end up winning this game five-nil, you won't be surprised, just because that's the way the league's gone this year. But yeah, I'm going for a four-one Tottenham win, and we'll see what happens. Then the last game on Sunday is Leicester versus Aston Villa. Again, another another interesting one. A couple of Midlands teams there. Um, Leicester. Starts off the season very, very strongly. Um, the lesser are always going to be there or thereabouts. They've, they've definitely built well since the, uh, since the title win in 2016. And they're always going to be there or thereabouts. Suffered a difficult or heavy defeat against West Ham just before the international break. Um, but before that, beginning of the season, they beat West Brom 3-0, beat Burnley 4-2, obviously beat Man City 5-2, in which, in something that was a crazy game. Um, Aston Villa, they are, flying high i feel like everybody needs to calm down a little bit because i've seen i've seen a lot of people's lists when it comes to um best premier league signings this summer and people have got ollie watkins at the top of their list and it's like before this liverpool game he hasn't scored in the league yet for uh for villa so people need to calm down a little bit but i can understand if you're a villa fan why this is the most exciting season you've had in a while jack Grealish is a certified baller um someone tell that to gareth southgate please um Ross Barkley looks like he's found a home. Obviously, it's just been one game, granted, but he looked very, very good against uh, against Liverpool. Um, and yeah, they've had really good results this season. Obviously, that won the win against Sheffield United at the beginning of the season. 
convincingly beat Fulham, but again, I don't know how much you can read into that because Fulham are looking like they're going to be in trouble this season. So beat Fulham 3-0 and then the result of the Premier League campaign this year. So um, Premier League campaign this year? The result of the Premier League calendar this year. I still don't think that works. But um, yeah, beating Liverpool 7-2. Ollie Watkins banging in the hattie. Jack Wilshere, what, two goals, three assists. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one, before that, before the Liverpool result, I would have said I'd take I'd take Leicester in this game. But if you look at Leicester's game before the international break and then you look at Villa's game before the international break, they're in contrasting forms in regards to the last game. So... It's a tough one to call. I'm going to go with a Leicester win, though. I'm going to go with a 3-2 Leicester win. It's going to be goals in this game. It's going to be goals in all the games. We know that already. Premier League's mad this year. Um, yeah, 3-2 Leicester win. I think Bardi bags a couple and uh, yeah, leads Leicester to victory. And then the last two games of this match week are on Monday. Um, the earlier kickoff, 5.30, is West Brom versus Burnley. Probably the least exciting game of this weekend. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. I'll just give you my score prediction. Um, I think it's going to be a 2-0 Burnley win. I think West Brom are in trouble. I don't think they're good enough to stay up. And I feel like they're going to, uh, they're going to get cut adrift very, very quickly. I don't think, I, I like Slavon Bilic. Um, but I think Burnley will have the know-how and they're, they're going to start to put on a, a good run of form. So yeah, Burnley win. 1-0, 2-0. 2-0 Burnley win. Um, and the last fixture is another banger. Leeds versus Wolves, Monday Night Football. Um, both teams that I begrudgingly like, like, they're nobody's supposed to like Leeds, but I feel like they're kind of people's secret second team. Um, it's a tough one, this one, in terms of a score prediction for it, just because... Their form has just both been kind of erratic. Um, so Wolves won two uh, and lost two this season. Leeds obviously suffered that defeat at the beginning of the season, but been undefeated since since losing to Liverpool. Uh, beat Fulham four three, which was another thriller. Beat Sheffield United pretty convincingly one nil, and then had that absolute ping pong game of a football match against Man City where they drew one one. Um, I'm going. I'm going for. Uh, I'm going for a Wolves win this one. I know Wolves are away from home, but Wolves always seem to kind of, they go through these lulls in season. So everyone's talking about them, talking about them, the Wolves this, Wolves that, and then they go through a lull and then they get some results. But I feel like this is one of the games where Wolves are going to get a result. I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. Um, it's at Ellen Road, I believe. But yeah, 2-1 Wolves. And, uh, and yeah, that's the roundup for the fixtures. We've not been great on fixtures or predicting results this season, but, uh, I'm pretty confident in the ones I picked this, uh, this week. I think it's definitely the best match week of the season so far. The most side derby, the Chelsea Southampton, and Man City Arsenal, and United versus Newcastle. So yeah, well, um, it remains to be seen. But yeah, let us know what you think about the um, how, or how you think the scores are going to go this weekend. Yes, 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 and to round off uh, episode five point five the decimal episode of the We Talk Football podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy. We're not going to go through what transfers I might make or what not or who sits where in the league. We're literally just going to, we're going to go gun ho with it. So it's been well documented that me and Jamie have been absolutely horrendous when it comes to fantasy. Um, and yeah, I think it's time to play the wild card. So 
if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. But for people listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite streaming platform is, um, my team at the moment is atrocious. Got Tierney, got Bernardo, got Marty, Robertson, Cody. Then midfield, I got Bamyang, Kante, Salah, then Maxman, Romeu. Up top, I got Werner, Mitrovic, Kane. Just not a balanced team there. There's a lot of names there, but there's not really people who've been performing. Like, Werner hasn't scored the Premier League goal yet. Like Mitrovic, like he's done a little, he did a little bit at the beginning of the season, but I'm not too sure if I can rely on him consistently. Obviously, Kane's a gunman, so like I've decided to revamp my team completely, and my new team looks like this. So in goal, I've got Patricio, and then got forced on the on the bench. With my defense, I've got Chilwell, I've got Kilman, I've got Creswell, I've got Robertson, and I've got Douglas from Leeds. Um, Midfield, I've got Jorginho, De Bruyne, Salah, St. Maximan, Grealish. That midfield is just, mwah, that same magnifique. Got that je ne sais quoi. Something different, that midfield. Look at that, De Bruyne. Yo. Why has De Bruyne got the question mark or the exclamation mark on him? Oh, shit, yeah, he's injured. So St. Maximan. Oh, fuck that. Anyways, anyways, we're going to ignore that. I'm going to keep him in anyway. And then up top, I've got Calvert-Lewin, I've got Rory the Lapson, and I've got uh, Harry Kane. Um, so there's a bit more balance to this team, you know. My boy Calvert-Lewin's in there. Always had faith in him. Always knew he was going to score goals this season. Got Harry Kane, the straight gunman. Uh, midfield is absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how I fare this go round. I'm, I'm going to play my wild card, obviously. I'm changing up the whole team. Uh, and we'll see how we go. Obviously, if you want to get involved, you think you can do better than me or Jamie, um, the, the code link's going to be in the description. Make sure you jump in and get involved in the We Talk Football League. Um, and yeah, that's everything for this, uh, this week of the podcast. Like I say, it's been a bit of a strange episode doing it on my ones. Um, I'm looking forward to having Jamie back. I thought I'd be able to, uh, be able to run this, but it's been a, been a bit of a struggle so yeah make sure you follow us on uh on socials it's the we it's we talk football podcast on instagram it's wtf podcast 90 on twitter we talk football on on spotify and apple music you know where to find us obviously all the all the information in the description make sure you keep your eyes peeled and your ears pinned for more episodes and we'll see you later take care